All right. We are here in the fifth edition of the MLB Pro 2021 previews. Third one today. Uh, met with Cole Seltzer earlier today. So, Cole's friend Matt. Appreciate you joining us today, man, to talk about Astros baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So, let's start with 2020, right? I think if you look at the league as a whole, as some of the surprising teams, I think the Astros are one of my surprises in a negative way. I thought y'all would be more competitive than you are. Is this where you thought the team would be, or, or do you have different expectations? I think if you had asked me two years ago, you know, I mean, I think we're shooting probably for the 86 or so range of wins. That Yeah, I would have been pretty content with where we were at. I think after last year, you know, one game away from a, uh, you know, playing game 163, I think the expectations were that we would get a little bit better this year. So it's been a disappointment um, to that extent. But I think from the beginning of the rebuild, I mean, this is, I think, year five or six for me. The expectation was 2021. So this is still falling into our timeline. And it's been good, you know, kind of actually using this year as, all right, maybe we got to reevaluate a little bit and find upgrades at certain positions or in the rotation, whatever it might be, for next year when we truly think we're ready for this. Yeah, so still on pace with what you originally thought. Those those little glimpses you get, they can break your heart sometimes. Where you, you think you're yeah, ahead of time. I think last year we outperformed every expectation by a ton, and I think that definitely changed expectations for this year, maybe for the worse. Yeah, I mean, I think that that you actually did the right thing. Looking back on it, not maybe rushing and dealing some young pieces to try to win this year when when you were still on. Hey, that's an impressive restraint. Um, looking at the line up and down, where do you think the biggest – I don't call them a disappointment because they're all kids, right? But, like, is it Ron Winterholder not being able to break 220 as a batting average? Where, where's the disappointment this year, and what do you expect to improve in 2021? Yeah, so the biggest thing at the beginning of the season was Richard Fowler. Like, this guy has been, like, our – you know, we, we know what to expect from for the first couple of years. In this year, the first – you know, a couple months of the season, he was looking like a triple-A player, to be, to be frank. Um, and we decided we'd actually decide take him and put him back into the three-hole. And I remember doing this last year, and he just exceeded all expectations and started slugging. I'm like, you know what, we're going to see if it happens again. You know, it's going to take a hell of a run to catch up with the Angels and the Mariners, so let's try it. And he's, he's gotten himself back, you know, well above, uh, you know, what we expected he to get to. Um, so that's been a nice little turnaround. But, yeah, I think Winterhalder was a guy we dealt the number two overall pick, which turned into Ronald Acuna. Um, now, I don't think we would have even considered Acuna at that spot um, if we ended up using the draft pick. I, I think we had other guys on our board, so I don't want to think that way. But it was yeah. the number two pick, which was Acuna, for Winterhalder. So we had huge expectations for him, and we still think he can be – one of the better catchers in the league. Um, but I think, you know, looking at this a couple of years ago when we made the trade and after last season, our expectation is this is a top three or five catcher in the league. And I think now it's like, he's probably like eight to 12 where it's like, he's still a better catcher. He's an everyday starter, but you're not getting the same offensive production that we were expecting, which uh, I mean, that definitely changes our plans a little bit. Thankfully we've got, you know, a deep catching system. And uh, have Joey Bart potentially on the way as soon as next year. But, you know, Winterhalder is definitely the starter still right now, but on much thinner ice. 
Yeah, that's nice to have. It's nice to have that depth. I agree with you. I still think he's going to be a very special player behind the dish. I think he's going to be good. His strikeouts are a hell of a lot higher than I thought they'd be. But again, he's mm-hmm. 24. It's a tough position. It, it takes some transition. Looking at your team makes me angry sometimes. Because <laughs> I think about a guy like Aaron White, who you and I probably had, I don't know, 50 conversations about in your five years mm-hmm. been in this league. Uh, yeah, almost a four war hitting just like I thought he would when he came up. So there's some really good players on this team that I know you and I have discussed. And um, and other guys that I've gotten from you. I mean, my my ace for this season, at least in my opinion, and Diwali is from you. Yeah. Uh, is from Will me. Will Rainey is from you. <laughs> yeah. Darj Kawawi is from you. I mean, but that you know that's the nature. Is there was some big trades between me and you a couple of years ago when we were you know, flip-flopped is you're yeah. much more in the rebuild now and I'm kind of coming out of it is, you know, back then was I'm going deep into the rebuild and you were kind of trying to make those final pieces at the run, but. Yeah, you can probably say that about most teams and most most teams in this league are filled with my former players, but let's look <laughs> at 2021 for the Astros. Uh, yep. The rotation, as it is now, I assume is coming back, right? He's going to be your guy. You have to assume Dave Grove is going to be around for the long haul, Tim James, Will Rainey. What about Fung? You've been dangling him out there for a while. Who who is not in this rotation in 2021, and where do you find their replacement? Yeah, so the biggest thing is I think next year Josh Norb or Norby, I don't know. I think he's going to be Norby. I, I like that better. Uh, who we got from Arizona this last offseason. He made two starts, both against Seattle this year. One was very good, uh, and one was a little lackluster, four and two-thirds, four earned. Um, we definitely see him as a part of the – rotation next year um and, and in our eyes it's going to be Davia and Norb are are one and two uh we love Will Rainey we just think that if he's you know lined up against the three starter we've got a really good chance in those games and we think Davia and Norby are going to be you know consistently able to keep us in the games against the ones and twos around the league um after that you know I think James is the most likely to stay Groves is a guy that you know, our internal rankings have him pretty high, but, you know, just hasn't ever, you know, it, when he's starting, my stomach's a little bit tighter in knots of like, shit, today's might be a day with, that we lose. And he's been pitching much better this year than I expected. But I think, you know, we've got the ability to have him, you know, Fung and Melvin Garner, who's a guy with, you know, loads of potential and, and had a fantastic season last year, are all guys that I think we're going to have, you know, dangling this off season. Um, the nice thing is that Groves is, uh, you know, under contract forever, but he's also a guy that in theory we could release any day. Uh, so there's not as much of a tie to him. Whereas a guy like Garner still has a little bit of a contract and, you know, I don't want to, as such still a pretty small market team, cutting a guy with three years and 4.8 million due to him is a little bit tougher. Yeah. Um, you know, we still feel really high on Fung. He's, I believe, our all-star representative last year. And, you know, he's had a really struggle. He's had a really, you know, big struggle this season. But we don't think that that's the picture that he is. You know, he dealt with a little bit of an injury. I believe it was a back throughout the year. We think that, you know, he's a guy that should be able to come back and, and be a solid back end of this rotation kind of guy for us. Um, but, you know, I think he – will be talked about in the off season. I think that there's teams that have started to see the, you know, uh, success that having a long reliever who can come in and start, or even just be a guy who comes in after a uh, opener 
can have a lot of success. And I think, you know, we might be able to find a trade that fits both my needs and some other team by giving them Fung as well as additional pieces. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting pieces to, to kind of break down there. Fung is such a, a weird story this year because I think you're right. His ratings and his history say he should be performing way better than he is. He just got shelled. Mm-hmm. So you hope an offseason yeah. and a good spring for him can, can bring him back. And if he's your five and swing guy, I mean, that, that's such a great weapon to have. The other piece yep. is that I'm looking up and down your AAA kind of top prospects list here, and you've got guys like Jose Ramos, Edwin Cabrera, uh, you know, Jason Groom, who can come up and be relief pitchers. And there's something to be said, I think, in this, this league to having middle relief, high leverage guys have been good starting pitching prospects in your minor league system that just couldn't quite make it as a long inning, six, seven inning guy. I think there's a real piece to that. And you've got a lot of regard yeah. that like a lot. Yeah, so that was kind of the plan with Ramos, you know, from when we first got him a couple years ago from Seattle was we'd love if he can start, you know, he's got multiple pitches, tons of stamina, you know, great ground ball ratings. But we also look at him and he's a lefty, again, throwing 99 and, you know, a extreme ground ball guy. If we can have him out there as a middle reliever, um, you know, that might be a guy that's able to take, you know, okay, now we don't expect, you know, Garner or Fung or Groves to go six or seven. Yep. We want four, maybe five, give it to Ramos for a couple innings and turn it over to the back end of the bullpen that, you know, Marty Vaughn hasn't been what we thought he'd be this year, but what we believe to be a really good, you know, eight, nine inning guys in Vaughn and Chaco. Yeah, I love it. We got a little bit out of order here. I apologize. So let's back up before we get into the 2020 rotation. Let's talk about overall expectations of the team, right? 2021. You think you're going to finish around 86 this year. Where are you looking in 2021, and where does that put you in the stack rankings of the AOS? That is the nightmare that is it is out there. So I think present alignment, we're shooting for 88, 89. You know, maybe we can touch 90 wins um, because, you know, I do want to – there's deals that I want to pursue this offseason, but I, I've also got a pretty good idea as to what I'm willing to pay. Uh, and I, I don't know if those are deals that are going to be able to get done this offseason. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty happy with what we've got as far as our, our farm system. Um, you know, you said we got a couple guys who are ready in AAA, but we've got we've got a good number of pieces that I think can be majorly ready within the next year or two. And we're not really losing any major pieces in the next two years. And we're going to have the money to be able to resign, uh, you know, Jagon when he does hit free agency. So we're not we're not ready to, you know, move on from anything. So I think presently constructed, we're shooting 88, 89 wins. I think if we can get a couple of the trades that we have envisioned, we're looking at maybe 92, 93. Um, I do think it's going to be difficult to, no matter what, you know, I'm in a division where the last place team right now has five aces. Yeah. At least in the last, you know, Maybe they're not aces anymore, but they were aces within the last two seasons, and it's not like they fell off a cliff. Um, you know, and Texas has consistently been the number three team that's just outside of the playoffs each year. And then you've got quite literally the two best teams in the league from the last, what, six, seven years? Yep. And they're not really losing anyone. So I, I think to to expect that we're all of a sudden going to jump into second or more, is just a little bit outlandish. You know, I think that we got to shoot, hey, we're going to get second wild card and, you know, 
piecemeal a a uh, a game together that can beat one of these two teams. Because I, you know, I don't see there any being any way that you know L.A. and Seattle don't make the playoffs next year without you know pulling a full Tampa Bay. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's going to be you're shooting for a wild card in their home stadium. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be the goal if we're able to get a couple pieces in. And if not, it's going to be one of those things where we reassess maybe early in the season if we're not seeing production out of a couple of our guys. And, you know, we we move at least some of the prospect capital that we've, we've slowly built up. Because uh, at least for me right now, some of the guys that I really love aren't our top-rated guys and are further down in the minors that we think over the next few years are going to develop um, you know, grow their potential a little bit. And so I think we're able to move from the top of our system some of our best guys and and not hurt our prospects' value. The AO West has to be has to be a nut. You just projected 92 to 93 wins. You're like, yeah, maybe that gets us third place. That's got to be such a frustrating experience. Yeah, I, I think the most frustrating part is, like, last year I, I was – I think I held the wild card going into the last two weeks of the season and Texas was like three or four games out. I could be remembering it wrong, but I, I know I was ahead a little bit and like, I'm looking at their team and I'm like, ah, you know, they, they moved a couple of pieces. Like, I don't see it really happening. They're just a team that year in and year out is like built just well enough to put them one or two games out of the playoffs. And obviously last year, you know, beat me to it. Um, but you know, it's even like, it's all of them. And I think, you know, the moves that were made in Oakland, um, you know, before to get Bueller and to get uh, Giolito are going to go a long way because that rotation has only been added to. So you're not even looking at, you know, a simple – there's no there's no series that you're walking into and you're like, oh, I've got a good chance. No, there's nothing. And you know Scott doesn't – Scott doesn't know what the word rebuild means. He's all in all the time. So <laughs> exactly. people Oakland's coming from the top. Texas, I mean, Arlington's just a tough place to play. I think it's one of those teams that they can match with anybody. So you go down there, you better score 30, 40 runs. Or exactly. Out with wins. So, uh, okay, good. That, that's an interesting look at, at 2021. We've already talked about your rotation. Let's talk about the lineup, right? We already talked about Winterholder being on thin ice with Joey Bart, depending on how that looks. Uh, the rest of the lineup looks like it's set to me, unless you go out and make a move in the offseason. What am I missing? Is there somebody I'm not seeing a, a potential replacement for? Yeah, so, I mean, I think when you go through our lineup, it's our one, two, and three is all outfielders right now. They're all studs defensively, which is something that, you know, we've definitely, you know, looked for with our team. Um, but they're all, you know, producing extraordinarily well offensively right now. So I don't see any reason to shake things up there. I'm also really happy with the backup outfielders that we've got. Um, you know, we were able to, with the 28-man expansion to call up Mike Palmer, who's a guy that, is just, you know, 50s across the board and stellar off stellar defense and stellar base running. Um, and so we're pretty, we're pretty content there. Um, you know, I think one thing that is going to be interesting is we have the $26 million extension on Jose Abreu. I don't think we have any plans to move him, but I think he's a guy that, you know, if we could, find a way to put him together with a prospect or two and maybe get a younger first baseman in there. It's, it's something we're going to at least entertain this off season and be able to use that money elsewhere. Um, you know, right now we're projecting for a little over a little, yeah, 26 and a half million available. 
if we were able to move him and have 50 available is, you know, it allows us to expand on the types of players we're looking to bring in. Um, so, you know, we're entertaining that. And then Bill Law is, you know, he's hit incredibly well this year and he's a great defender, but he's again, uh, you know, a guy that we're willing to discuss it at the very least. You know, we had a lot of discussions with Colorado this year around him um, ultimately couldn't get anything that came to fruition, but he's a guy that, you know, maybe we're able to move him and put Tatis at third. And then, uh, you know, we believe Gary Hardy, who got his call up to AAA yeah. uh, a little about, about a month ago, is a guy who can come up and hit really well at the big league level. And we've got our, you know, guy Jorge Martinez as a stud defensive replacement. So I don't, I don't see anything really changing. Um, we're pretty content there. But, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm going to be much more open to – some major moves this offseason than any offseason before. Yeah, I, I think I was looking up and down your lineup trying to find a place. I mean, there's a guy I like a brave. I kind of forgot you brought him in, right? As, an, as a veteran, he is expensive. Mm-hmm. I think if you if he goes, I've always liked Kaiko, Kaiko, however the hell you say that name. He's, he's yeah. not your stud defender at first. He's a great bat. Looks like he's been DHing for you all season. Um, yeah, so he was a guy, it just he wasn't quite putting it together and we had the ability to go out and get, uh, you know, Abreu and Mm -hmm. honestly, and Jim can attest to this, the deal that we were trying to go after was to bring in Libertor and Abreu and send, you know, a pretty major haul. Um, It got, it got a little bit of traction um, before Josh ended up shutting it down and saying, look, Libertor is not moving, but you know, that was, started the ball rolling and then we were like look you know Abreu is maybe a guy who can come in and and, you know add to our lineup you know we weren't hitting tremendously well this year so our hope was just you know hopefully boost our second half hitting and and find a ride into the playoffs but we had a tough stretch of I think it was 10 or 11 straight against Seattle and LA that we didn't perform up par so that kind of shut down our season but it was kind of just Kuko or however you end up pronouncing it. it. He just wasn't producing the way that we thought he could. Um, and, you know, we felt a two-year buy of Jose Abreu maybe gives him a, you know, chance to better define his role and then come back, you know, in a couple of years, we either go with him or, you know, go out and find a replacement. But he is a guy, again, that I think I've discussed flipping him in trades for first basements before. And I think he's going to continue to be in that conversation. Um, but the thing that I actually really like is when he got sent down to AAA, he was playing left field and showed he could he could hold his own a little bit out there. So I think that is definitely going to add to his value if I you know, end up moving him. Yeah, he's got a cannon of an arm. I mean, it won't gun somebody out like, uh, you know, maybe from deep, deep, deep in the field. But he's, he's, enough that he's not going to embarrass himself out there. If you've got a good center exactly. field that we could do. Uh, and Kawawe can cover most of that ground. He's not going to kill you in the outfield. Um, all right, so that's interesting. So it sounds like the Astros will be – they'll be out there. You'll be out there looking, maybe not maybe not trying to track somebody down, but you'll be listening and, and, and maybe pursuing some deals should they come up. And this is MLB Pro, so of course they will come up. Exactly. So Kaiser's always one bad day away from flipping his whole team apparently. Uh, so, so we'll see how that goes down. Let's talk about end-of-the-season awards, right? Rookie of the year for the 2021 Astros. Who does that uh, go to? So, sadly, it will not go to Tatis. He's going to be uh, past rookie 
uh, eligibility. Kind of hurts. A couple years ago, I was able to keep Ardondo due to an injury and keep him under the threshold. And he then, you know, struggled mightily the next season, but was hoping to bring some hardware in. Um, you know, I think Norby has a really good chance. Again, we think he's a top-level starter. We've been really impressed with what we saw from him in AAA. Um, I think if if not him, the only other option is potentially Joey Bart. I think, you know, we're going to see there's definitely a consideration of sending him to Arizona Fall League, bring it, you know, take a good look at what the other talent being sent is. Um, but potentially try and get him a couple extra games, give him a full look in spring training. There's a chance that he breaks camp with the team. And if he does, I think he'll have a good shot at it. Um, you know, we'll have, if he's breaking with the team, it's going to be to be the starter over Winterhalder. Yeah. Um, you know, other than that, it's going to be tough for a rookie to come in and crack our rotation or crack our, uh, you know, lineup. So I don't know who else would potentially fall in. Maybe a guy like Justin Ellis as a super utility. But right now, you know, like I said, we're pretty happy with what we've got as a backup infielder and, you know, really happy with what we've got as a backup outfield. So not sure if he makes the team either. Yeah, it's going to be tough. With the younger teams, it's tougher to find where that rookie of the year slots in. Who mm-hmm. is your Cy Young? I, I think it's got to be Davia. You know, we've he hasn't performed exactly what we thought this year. But again, it is his rookie year. He came up midseason. We think, you know, he is our guy if we – somehow limped into a you know wild card spot this year he was going to be the one who's getting the ball in you know game one now he's going to get the ball and every other starter is going to be pitching in relief as well but you know he's he's what we think is our guy so I think it's got to go to him yeah yeah I agree I think he's an easy choice you got some talented kids there too but uh, I think he's your guy um, and then the last piece would be the MVP. Who is the MVP let's say give me a, a Jagon and a non-Jagon answer to this yeah, I mean, the easy answer is it's Jagon. He's not going to get MVP in the entire league, I don't think, especially just not being a playoff team. Um, but I think if you're not looking at him, it's going to be weird, but I'm going to say it's going to be either Fowler or Bill Law. I think if Bill Law you know, manages to stay with our team, it means we didn't find a significant upgrade, um, which you know, I don't know how many there are. I know Taylor Sparks is a guy that uh, – we had kind of looked at, we never really talked about him uh, when he was with Oakland, but you know, there's not many guys that we feel are that much better than law. And, you know, he's one of the few that we kind of saw as tradable that, you know, we obviously weren't able to come to a deal and, you know, I'm assuming you're not moving him. Uh, you know, I say that now and in a yeah, month and a half, me, he's going to be on the trade. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but I think Bill law is a guy you know, we have really high expectations. That's why we haven't moved him yet. Um, but if he's with the team, it's because we, we feel confident in him. And I think Fowler, I think Fowler has really solidified himself after, you know, a month and a half of some struggling. Um, and we think that his his defense coupled with his, you know, resurgence on the offensive side of the ball, we think he's a guy that's going to be huge for our team. Um, you know, I think Tatis and Aaron White are going to, continue to do what they've done every year. I think Ardondo is he's a tough one because he, you know, he does have the strikeout numbers. The average has been dipping, but the home runs are tremendous year in and year out. Uh I just don't know if he's going to, you know, become that same hitter that he was the first 20 games that we had him as a rookie the first year. So, I don't see if he has the, you know, 
the output to become our team MVP next year. Yeah. I think Aaron White, Fernando Tatis Jr. might be my favorite middle infield combination of anybody in the league right now. I'm trying to think of somebody I like better. I don't think I can think of a, of a duo I'm more excited about offensively. I know White's had his struggles defensively from time to time, but I like both of them in the field as well. Um, yeah, and White's, White's a guy we've been using, and I don't even know how much it's been, but we do have him set that he gets defensive subbed over to first base. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got 36 games at first base where he's, you know, much better. But he's, you know, not necessarily the greatest second baseman in the world, and we originally got him as a shortstop, but uh, the dude just – he flat out hits. And even that, I don't think he's near his potential hitting yet, so – no, I, I, I see him as a potential 25 to 30 home run second baseman. That's not going to kill you in, in the field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's more than a, a suitable trade-off in the American League. I think you'll take I, The one thing I'd say is I'd definitely take him over Brian and Noah. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, last thing. We're done with the 2021 Astros, right? Next year is going to be okay for you guys. You're going to try and sneak in in a wild card spot. Who wins the 2020 World Series? Are you staying at home in the AO West, or is somebody going to make a, a surprise appearance and take this thing down? See, it's – I'm either going Seattle mm-hmm. or simply because I made the trade with him earlier this year. I do think the final – I think the World Series is going to be Seattle versus Arizona. Uh, that's okay. for sure. I'm, I'm pretty set on that. You know, I know that St. Louis is certain that either Arizona or, you know, the Mets will not make it. You know, I'm pretty confident that Arizona is going to, and I'm really looking forward to it if he does. I think Seattle takes it, but I I don't think it's, you know, as much of a AL-heavy favorite as it's been in the past couple of years. I'd like to agree with you. That is the – Second Astro – or second, sorry, uh, Mariners vote I've gotten. First mention of the Diamondbacks, actually. I worry if it's not the Mets, I don't think anybody in the National League can compete with, with Seattle specifically. If Seattle gets yeah. knocked off, I think the Diamondbacks can compete with anybody out there. But I think if it's Seattle, it's got to be the Mets just because their pitching matches up better. Uh, I think the one thing that's going to be really interesting is – if it is Seattle versus Arizona, is Arizona's got some guys. I mean, he, I think he had an injury a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about some relievers who might see some additional time in the rotation. He's got relievers with a lot of stamina. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a series where obviously, you know, he's probably not pitching six starters, which is what he has set up now. Is he's, you know, maybe narrows it down to four. And all of a sudden he's got a, you know, back into the bullpen where he's got multiple guys who can go three innings. And I think this team, I think they match up. I mean, it's number one run scored for Arizona and Seattle is what number, number four. I I think they match up pretty well offensively. They match up decently uh, de- uh, pitching wise. I think if this is a series where you get two, three, you know, extra inning games, which I think it's close enough to, I think Arizona is able to prevail simply on the depth of their bullpen. I mean, they're, they're very good in the bullpen. You're right. They have been – that was like a main focus for them. I guess I dealt Matt Manning over there for a very good young prospect. I think he was very willing yep. to deal with these younger pieces and get somebody like this. I was trying to find Shohei Otani because I couldn't find him anywhere. I wonder if they get to the World Series, is a guy like Otani 
that you can throw in a home park in Arizona and essentially have a not a full American League roster while the Americans have to lose their DH. What what does that do for this team? I was going to say because Arizona obviously will not have home field advantage. So okay. right now Otani is their number two starter. I don't know if this is messed up at all, but he's listed as number two. He's got the lowest ERA of the bunch. So I'm going to say he's the number one, number two, whatever it might be. You'd want him to throw the second game, and, you know, that potentially gets him to throw game six, game seven, whatever it is. I think you almost have to use him in in game three mm-hmm. and then maybe on short rest in game seven simply because the the disadvantage that Seattle gets from having a guy who's – I mean, I'm looking for my scout right now. 70, 65, 70, 55, 50, and you can bat him third as the oh, starting yeah. pitcher. Yeah. It, you change the entire game. So, I, you know, I think I think it's going to be really close if that's this, you know, matchup. And, you know, I know the Mets are absolutely killing it this year. I just – I think the Radatz injury is just going to be too – too significant to overcome, especially when we get to the playoffs. You know, I'd love to see them do it because they have been, you know, the the team in terms of, you know, not necessarily the best team in the uh, NL for the last couple years, but just the way that he's been able to yeah. do it is, I think I had looked at it a couple of years ago, and it's, you know, a minimum number of trades that have been made. It's just, you know, trusting the farm system, couple pieces picked up here and there in free agency and it's an entirely different way to play OOTP and especially an MLB pro and to be able to see that work is you know it's just like I'd I'd love to see the White Sox make the playoffs I, I think they're in in the hunt and have the position locked they're out it. they're leading by a couple of games I think they're yeah so he's got four games over the Indians Indians are the second wild card who have a half game on the Rangers and four on the Yankees. So they're four and a half up on a spot with, you know, what is it, 16 to play? Yeah. So they should be making it. And, I, you know, whether they get knocked out on the first round or not, again, you're now looking at the Mets who did it one way of free agents and no trades to the White Sox who have traded literally everyone yeah, for twice. years. Twice at least. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, even midseason, I think the, the trade with the Reds, um, you know, kind of drew some question marks was they weren't off to the hottest start. And he said, look, we're flipping, you know, some of our better players and bringing in obviously established starters, but not necessarily superstars, at least in my mind. And those guys have, you know, really come to life and started to, you know, destroy for them yeah. and, and really, you know, solidified them as a playoff contender. So I think it'll be really interesting, especially, you know, I don't know if it, there's any way it happens, but a White Sox Mets World Series would be a crazy dichotomy of the two ways to to play MLB Pro. Yeah, that would, I mean, you think you can say that the the White Sox Diamondbacks would be the same thing. Diamondbacks have basically done exactly that outside their bullpen. It's it's they, they yeah. have built totally from the inside. So yeah, way, I mean, I, I I think I was just joining the league when he was, you know, I I remember. Um, uh, who's the pitcher? Dan Heron. I think I was here for Dan Heron's last two years, but I think at that point he had already gone full rebuild and wasn't necessarily making those trades where he he had no assets left. Yeah. So at that point he was you know truly in a sorry league office a tank. Um. But you know yeah he's done it. I mean you see 
the lineup is what two number one overall picks mm-hmm. at least i know vlad and um and jeremy scott yeah that's the one and scott clark i think was the number one pick as well one of their pitchers scott clark was 10th overall yeah first oh. round yeah i mean it but it, it's their whole lineup is what first rounders maybe a second rounder yeah or you know a guy like daz cameron who they got from seattle I believe was a Baker first Street. rounder Oh no, a minor league contract for ten million. So, same thing. Yeah, and then Shohei, which is always one of the greatest. I think he'll be one of the fun stories. We look. We probably got to end this thing here. But Shohei Otani, with his struggles, he had the first two years, and the, he yes. wanted he wanted to trade him, but couldn't because no trade clause he gave him. And to see mm-hmm. him producing the way he's producing right now is awesome. So I hope he comes up big in the National League. Matt, exactly. Uh, my, my daughter is begging for me to come inside and, and, and put her to bed. So I am going to let. Sounds you good. Appreciate the time, man. Uh, I'll get this thing up, and uh, best of luck in the rest of the year and in 2021 to the Houston Astros. You as well. Hope all your trades go well. <laughs> Thanks, bud. See ya.